0: Welcome to the Board Generation Podcast. We hope to be a blessing to you guys. We'll be posting our messages from our services as well as leadership content. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. So the first thing we're going to talk about It's something called irreducible complexity. Like, that's a long, huge word. Um, And and a lot of people probably looking right now like, what the heck does that mean? Uh, But we're going to talk about it. So um, there's this quote that I I love that's here uh, by Charles Darwin. He said, if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. I love that. So uh, one of the best ways to observe the immensity and power of our amazing God, is by looking at the sky. Like, the psalmist David would do stuff like that. Like, he'll stand on the balcony at night. He'll be gazing at the array of stars. And even there's a song that he wrote that I love. He said, uh, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of this world. I love that. That's Psalm 19, one through four. Um, I love that. I love that. He's saying that um, if you just look at the sky, they don't speak, they don't use words, but you hear them thing loud and clear. Like you just see, that's the work of God right there. I, I love that. David would have have been able to see all those uh, stars and all that stuff. But right now, we already talked about the solar system and and all that stuff. But now we're going to talk about, in particular, uh, focusing on cells, those tiny organisms that do the work of making living things alive, right? Molecular biologists tell us that approximately 40 trillion cells in the average human body, these cells are like little machines producing stuff of life. Uh, Michael Behe, uh, Behe, Behe, whatever you want to call him, is a respected biochemist who has done pioneering work on the nature of cells. He introduced the concept known as irreducible complexity. It's basically just a fancy word of saying that all living things, including you and including myself, are composed of molecular biological machines that work together to produce a system of interacting parts that, in turn, produce a basic function. The human eye, for example, is, is, a, is a basic function. It works because millions and millions of cells work together to produce sight. And the thing about these molecular biolo- uh, biological machines is that all those functions um, have to be there to produce the intended result. If any one of those parts is missing, the system, in this case our eye, uh, it won't work. In effect, the human eye is an irreducible, complex biological system. Um, so basically what that means is that everything has to be there. That everything has, like, like it doesn't just grow over time. No, it has to all be there on a, a molecular level, right? Um, and, and just, we're talking about the eye, but that's just one example of the vast number of such systems in our body. Because the parts uh, uh, or systems of a cell can't get any simpler, scientists have a big problem when they try to explain how these systems got here. The most common explanation, which is one that, that you guys probably heard in science class or in a textbook or even on, you know, I don't know, wherever, um, is that systems evolve, like evolution, right? But, but that's not a real explanation. Continuing to use the eye as an example, right? If the system that produces sight evolved over millions of years, at what point did it actually work? Were, were all creatures with eyes blind until a specific time when the right parts were suddenly in place, and then boom, we, we, we were one day eventually able to see, that seems like a huge stretch. And and, uh, and Michael Behe he explains that now, the th- and he says this as a quote, he says, now the thing about irreducible complexity systems is that they cannot be produced by numerous small steps, because one does not acquire the function until close to the end, or at the end. Therefore, with irreducible complex systems, they cannot be produced by Darwinian evolution. In other words, like you can't just evolve at a. When you guys were born, you didn't just over time. No, you were born with everything you needed. You when you were in that stomach for set, for nine months or however months you were in there, um, it, you everything was there. Everything that was needed was being produced. It didn't just um. You, you you were born from a seed, right? And then it didn't work out, oh, whatever. No, everything was just there, right? Anyone looking at the facts, they, they need to at least be open to the alternate explanation, uh, alternate explanation, one that happens to also be the most plausible. The reason these uh, irreducible complex systems work and the reasons they function for the first time at the same time is because our amazing God made it so, he is the one who knit together the wonderfully complex systems in our body that enable you to see and do everything else that makes you human. Most importantly, he gave you a mind to know him and a heart to love him. I, there's this uh, this doctor named Francis S. Collins. He says, I love this. He says, as the director of the Human Genome Project I have led a a consortium of scientists to read out the 3.1 billion letters of the human genome, which is our own DNA. So now we're going to talk a little bit about DNA um, instruction book. And he says this. I love this. He says, as a believer, I see DNA, the information molecule of all living things as God's language and the elegance and complexity of our own bodies and the rest of nature as a reflection of God's plan. I love that quote. I love how he put it. He said, DNA is something that God made us so unique in, in a scientific level, not even on a biblical, like God made you, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like, no, on a scientific level, God made us all different. At the end of the 20th century, the leading spokesperson for atheism uh, atheism was British philosopher Dr. Anthony Flew. By 2004, he had changed his position and stated superintelligence is the only good explanation for the origin of life and complexity of nature. What triggered this Jurassic uh, shift in perspective. In large part, he was persuaded by discoveries arising from DNA research. Beginning in the 1953, scientists discovered the genetic structure deep inside the nucleus of our cells. This genetic material is referred to, which, as we all know, simpler terms as DNA, um, an and abbreviation for Les knows it, it's a huge word. He'll say it later on. The discovery of the double helix structure of DNA mo- uh, molecule was only the beginning. Embedded within the molecule is an actual code, right? So DNA coding is similar to like computer programming and all that stuff. Um, right? So looking at the the the, the magnitude to comprehend that Is that within the tiny space where DNA is In every cell in your body The code is like 3.1 billion letters long. That's like a ton of repeating. I don't know if you guys ever saw in a computer program, it's just like one, 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 and it's like all these things. Now imagine like 3.1 billion of those. Like, um, You know what I'm saying? So the amount of information in the human DNA is roughly equivalent to 12 sets of the encyclopedia uh, with of 384 volumes. That's a lot. The actual thickness of the DNA molecule is only two of a millimeter. According to biologist Michael Denton, a teaspoon of DNA, this is so cool, can contain all the information needed to build the proteins for all species of organisms that have ever lived on earth earth. Look, that's powerful, how powerful DNA is. And he even says that there will still be enough room left for all the information in every book, every written. Like, that's insane. Each person's, and this is so cool too, that each person's DNA code is unique, yet 9, 99.9% of our DNA is similar to the genetic makeup of everyone else. That basically means that 0.1% difference in the sequencing in those 3.1 billion letters is what makes you uniquely you. So 99.9%, we're all the same. But there's a 0.1% that makes us different. That's crazy. And from a spiritual perspective, the significance of this DNA uh, research is twofold. First, in the debate over uh, origins, it weighs very heavily in favor of an intelligent designer. That, that shows how God, like, How God is the grand designer, how he just designed us so uniquely and so in a way that you can't even comprehend that God is revealing himself to the world and it is becoming obvious to everyone else, right? Um, At a ceremony acknowledging the accomplishments of the Human Genome Project, uh, President Bill Clinton said this, and I love this. He said, today we are learning the language in which God created life. We are gaining ever more awe for the complexity, the beauty, the wonder um, of God's most divine and sacred gift. Dr. Francis Collins, the director of that whole project, he, he responded. He said, it's humbling for me and awe, inspiring to realize that we have caught the first glimpse, I love this, of our own instruction book previously known only to God. Oh my goodness, that's beautiful. And the second thing was, and perhaps more importantly, DNA research reaches every individual at a personal level. It reveals God's involvement in our individual lives. Our amazing God wrote a unique personal genetic code for each and every one of us. And I love why the psalmist uh, David, he's, he he didn't know anything about DNA. He didn't know nothing about DNA or genetic coding. He understood the truth um, that talks about in this Psalm uh, 139, 13. I love this. For you were created, my utmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. I love what he's he's saying. God put me together so uniquely, like so unique on a scientific molecular level. God made me unique. 0.01, like uniquely me, right? We have a lot in common, but there's something that will always be different. Not just different, but unique. Why? Because God designed us himself in an intentional, and beautiful way is what he was saying. And I love that. I love that so much. Uh, I think that's beautiful. Um, And now just jumping into the human mind. And this is the last thing, just because it's so much. um, I think next Monday will probably be the last one we'll um, we'll be doing with this. And and we'll jump back on now that we're going into, um, you know, back to church. We'll be talking about a lot of Church things and ministered things that um, we are fixing and getting together, and talk leadership and all that, but I think this is so important to know right um, so jumping into the human mind, one of the the stinging criticisms uh a w Tozer says this he says one of the stinging criticisms made against Christians is that their minds are narrow and their hearts are small. another guy he a person I actually know he told me this he said uh he was talking about small churches. He said people in small churches um, have small minds. Like what he's saying right now, he's saying what's known by Christians and a huge criticism is that their, their minds are narrow and their hearts are small. Like they they don't use their heads sometimes is what he's saying. Um, God didn't expend all of his creativity and power in the formation just of the universe. He has an endless supply of each. So there was plenty still available when he created the human brain. Like the universe, the brain is intricate, complex, and amazing, even beyond our understanding. Upon first examining a human brain, um, you might consider it a, it is a rather unpromising body organ. It, it looks like a three pound of like... Muck like it I don't know, I'm pretty sure you guys saw online what it looks like. You see in cartoons all the time what it looks like um consisting of of right all that stuff but but we can't let the outward appearance fool us like the brain is a powerful, powerful powerful um thing that god has given us the human brain on a scientific level consists of approximately 100 billion neurons about the same number as the stars in the milky way galaxy information flows from one neuron to another um Each neuron has between like a thousand and ten thousand synapses, meaning the brain contains about one quadrillion synapses like and all the neurons in the human brain were lined up. They were stretched, um, they say, 600 miles while a person is awake. The human brain generates enough energy to power a low-voltage light bulb. Like, that's crazy. An axon um, is a long, slender nerve fiber that conducts electrical impulses um, from the neuron. Um, it, it, its function is to, to transmit information to different neurons. So, all that stuff, right? Um, there's like more than 100,000 chemical reactions happening in the human brain every second. So, every second that just passed, like, more than 100,000 reactions just happened, right? The brain contains approximately 100,000 miles of blood vessels. Like, you see how how strong the brain is? Like, it's Crazy. Um, scientists consider the human brain the most complicated and mysterious thing in the universe. Not only the brain, but our body. I was, I was listening the other day to a podcast. And they said that um, scientists right now are still trying to figure out why the human body dies. Like, Like, scientists don't even know why we die. Because the body was meant to rebuild itself, to restructure itself, right? So, not just the brain, but our body is a mysterious and a complicated thing in the universe. They know and understand more about stars. Like, like... They know, this is crazy, they know and understand more about stars exploding billions of light years away than they know about the human brain. Like, there's a lot that, about the brain they still haven't even discovered. Like, we could be in awe by the intricate complexity of, like, God's design of the brain. But that begs the question, what was God's purpose in doing so? while the bible doesn't give any anatomical, right, um, or scientific description of the brain's function, there is much in scripture about how God intends for us to use our minds and the brain he's given us. God wants us to use our minds as a tool in moving from our own nature into a Christ-like mindset. That's Romans 12:2. We all know that scripture. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now you may think renewal of the mind. You may not know this, but that's very scientifical. Like that's very scientifical. How does that renewal process even occur? Remember this: that old computer programming axiom, right? You you know when you put something from your computer in the trash. Uh, we should be careful. Um, us as people of God, what we even put on our minds, because it determines the direction of our lives. Paul said, uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, is right, is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, um, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. In Philippians, he said that. Colossians, he says, such your mind on things above, not on earthly things. God has arranged himself uh, to reveal himself through a wireless connection with our mind so that we can understand his nature. That's truly incredible through the Holy Spirit so we can have the mind of Christ. And I love this. Um, I love this. I love this. 1 Corinthians 2.10-16, uh, he says this. He said, There are the things God has revealed to us by Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deepest things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts? except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments." For who has known the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him? And I love this part, uh, verse sixteen. But we have the mind of Christ. So looking at all that scientifical, like, like explanation of how, like, grand and beyond our mind is on a scientific level, and Scripture here is saying, "Hey, you see how how insane your brain is? You have the mind of Christ." like you have the mind of God like like there's a lot of things that if you just get it that's why it's so important why what do we fill ourselves with that's why believe it or not you can see something right now you may not remember it but it's in your brain it's locked in that's why um even me working with the the job that I work at we talk about that that's why things are called triggers like people who deal with trauma like they they could have forgot something long time ago but there could be something that triggers them that whatever is hidden in the back of their brain that they don't remember it brings a flashback to oh what the heck? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's how powerful the brain is. So what, what it's saying is that we have the mind of God. We have to be careful because God made our mind so powerful that if we're not careful with it, like, like, we can literally use something that God has given us and allow Satan to use it to destroy us. So that's why it's so, like, like talking all the science about it, but just being very practical. It's being careful what we fill our minds with, what we, fill our, what, we, what we look at, right, matters because that's like the gateway to our brain. Even what we feel. Like, even in my job, we talk about there's people that, there's kids that I deal with, like, there's this one girl that I can't lock the door because she she trauma comes back in her brain about what happened when she was younger when they would lock the door right like like even the smell even even the touch of something even the sight of some even listening to a certain thing bring, brings back traumatic experience that's why it's so important that that we we talk. understand that right um so um, i I that that's that's all for today. I hope that that opens our mind a little bit like dang, my mind is so powerful I gotta be super careful with it. I gotta be so careful with it because of what it contains and how God created it to be of how powerful it is right i don't know if les has anything to say but i hope you guys i like i i looked at this and i'm like that's freaking insane after this i'm like man i'm deleting stuff i'm I'm unfollowing stuff (laughs) like i'm deleting some you know what i'm saying just because of how powerful god made the brain to be